Welcome to Herpeter, a podcast about breaking the stigma on herpes and empowering the community. I'm your host, Erin DeVos. As always, you can review my episodes on YouTube, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find the link to the channel on the podcast Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter page at Herpeter Podcast. Thanks! Hey Herpaderpers, starting off this episode with one word, empower. Empower means to make someone stronger, more confident, especially in controlling their life and claiming their rights. In other words, empowerment means to be seen, be heard, and be understood. I had the privilege of interviewing a women's empowerment coach who is confident, encouraging, and also a herpes activist and leader of her own accountability coaching tribe. Clarice supports women who are frustrated on where their life is going and are wanting to make a positive change. Clarice is passionate about her life coaching and has her own Heart Empowered Women podcast and in this interview explains how herpes was a big moment in her life by finding healing, acceptance, and the power of support groups. Truly an awesome conversation to have with her, and she's one cool gal. Woo! When I first got it and I was going to support groups because I was like, oh my god, I'm the only person on the planet that has this. Mm-hmm. They make you say it. They make you be like, hi, I'm Clarice, and I've had herpes for X amount of years, or I have HSV-1. But I, like, couldn't say it. I was like, I had this thing that, like, reminds of burpees. And, like, <laughs> I, like, couldn't do it. And then I eventually was like, HSV2, I can say that. Nobody knows what the fuck that is. Right. So Herbert Derp <laughs> made me laugh because I was like, man, all the times I was like, this thing that, like, reminds me of burpees? That's, like, not a burpee. Like, just, there's, like, an H in front of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's just, you couldn't do it. That's so funny. (laughs) Right? When we're first, like, in our beginning stage of the diagnosis is so... I have a video just kind of, like, me, like, struggling to even, like, say it. It's meant to be as bloopers, but I just couldn't say it out loud. That's so funny. I might have one of those, actually. I feel like this time last year, I was like, I'm coming out. I'm fucking telling everybody I have it. And I was like, hi, I have this thing on her And it's like, so like not a big deal. My friend was like, nope, you still seem like you're rushing through the word. And it doesn't feel like you're still okay doing it. I'm like, shit, never post it. But I wonder, I should. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be a good throwback Thursday kind of thing. <laughs> oh, God. The first time I wanted to publicly tell everyone. Right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to share my story. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that sharing our story is the way that we can be most vulnerable. And in being vulnerable, we get the opportunity to allow people to see our most like raw and authentic self. And when we give that permission to people, it actually like allows them to either decide to show up with their own raw, like dark, scary truth or fear or thing that they've like never told anybody. And in that we get to create like the deepest and most connected relationships without like us even realizing that like that level of intimacy is possible. And that's what I stand for. I really believe that, you know, vulnerability is huge in creating such depth and intimacy in life. So thanks for that opportunity to be able to share mine. 
my story is that I believed that my dad who, you know, enjoys drinking, right? Like I always say the alcoholic, but I guess you can only decide if you're an alcoholic or not, but you know, he often chose, you know, sports or TV and alcohol over paying attention to me. Or so I perceived as like a young seven-year-old kid. Right. And your psychology as a kid is like, Oh, okay. I'll just be perfect. And like, then he'll look at me or pay attention to me or like, or, you know, and then you have this belief that like love is earned like that, you know, as a seven-year-old girl, you don't know any different. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this like perfectionist was born and this like desire and need to be perfect. And of course, as any young woman or any person, we're always like, I'm nowhere near perfect, this fat and this role and this thing. And, um, herpes was that thing that was like, yeah, here's proof. Here's the hard fucking proof. You're not perfect. And it, I was devastated. Um, my parents growing up were always very like, find a nice man, make sure he's rich and he'll take care of you. And like you, you know, then your life will be perfect, you know? And so that as a young kid is like kind of what you're gearing towards. And then all of a sudden I was just like, man, uh, I thought the only thing I had to offer was a pretty face and a great body. And now it's like, now I don't. So now what? Um, it really challenged me to like, what is my worth? What do I have to offer more than sex? How can I see myself as more than beautiful with this thing or not having this thing? And I couldn't find those answers. And I just started spiraling so hard. I picked up a bunch of self-help books trying to find, you know, the, the quick fix. I like started going to seminars. I mean, I eventually found my own coach and he became the support structure I like never had. Like he stood for me to see myself outside of my successes or the attachments to things and really challenged me to, to define myself. And that really helped me to see like, whoa, we can't figure all these things out or undo all these things that our mind makes up by ourselves. And mm -hmm. like, we need to be and feel supported and not only by one person, but by a community. And the more that I started to talk about it, right? Like, I think there was a whole year in between when I got diagnosed and went to start like dating again, or like consider dating or like get out of my house. Really? <laughs> I like, you know, um, found this guy. And then I was like, maybe I need to go to a support group. And I found a support group and thank God, right? Like maybe there's only five people there, but the difference of walking into a room and seeing everyone with such a diverse background and so much that you were like, Oh, but I'm still also very much like you and your story out of your mouth is exactly like mine. Um, it was the most profound and helpful healing thing that I did for myself in that moment. Um, and after I, you know, said yes to coaching, I then was like, maybe I got herpes because I was meant to support people through their experience. Like maybe I've been through so much moving across country by myself at 23, you know, living on my own in a city where I knew no, no one at 24, you know, like, and all the troubles and trials and tribulations of growing up, you know, but, and it all just kind of like made sense. Like, wow, like maybe, um, you know, this is more of a gift than it is a really awful thing. And I said yes to therapy. Um, I moved into a women's recovery home for two years. I just like really took on redefining myself and healing my heart and 
creating life on purpose instead of being a victim to like every circumstance that's ever happened to me. And in, in that I've got to see so many more people in their humanity and in their struggles and strife and through their vulnerability, got to see like, we're all struggling with something and like mine just gets to look like herpes. Right. And it's really not about this skill, silly skin condition, right? It's, it's about like, how do we find ourselves? You know, what if this is the gift to really finding who we are and discovering how to show up in the world from an intentional place, not just because we're breathing and have to go to work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. And yeah, I can, you know, we can all connect in so many ways, like when we get our diagnosis, because, you know, a part of us like loses like who we are, evaluating self-worth. When I got my diagnosis, I've been hooking up for this guy for years. We're, you know, we're not committed, but I thought we were in the sense that this wouldn't happen to mm-hmm. me and like how it can just, you know, it come on so fast. The emotional roller coaster truly takes us through and how much we really lose ourselves. In some ways, I think herpes inspired us to really talk about it and to really have this like conversation, um, not with just ourselves, but also like how we can help other people. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And that's the thing that I, I want to like capitalize bold underscore like shout out to the mountains. Like mm-hmm. the first person I told was my mom and she was like, oh yeah, me too. Right. And I feel like the first friend I told was like, oh yeah, me too. Right. And it was like, I've had so many more me too's and so many more relatives and so many more people than I would have ever found out it had I not actually like had the courage to say something. And it's like the more people I told and the more people that had it, the more I was like, oh, yeah, this thing's not even a big deal. I know like a dozen people that have it. Who cares, right? Like, mm-hmm. and this, like, it's not a one size fits all. Some are married, some are not married, some are, you know. And I think that it's like, even when I find people that don't have it, that I hear like, they're like, oh man, you're struggling with this. Like, here's what I struggle with. Right. And it creates such a cool experience. Cause you're like, man, you could translate or swap out herpes for a mental health condition, right. Or an autoimmune disease or, you know what I mean? Or just like shame around money stuff. Like, Hmm. Jeez, we're all like struggling through something and it really like normalizes everyone else's struggle when you're just like man here's this thing you know and you're like ah oh, me too here's, here's my thing right I love that um I think that's a lot of what inspired me to create my heart empowered women podcast is because you know, there's such deep, intimate conversations that we could be having with ourselves, like boundaries, you know, what is loving confrontation, you know, what are ways that we can support people with eating, um, disorders, right? Like, it's like, if we can bring these conversations to our friends and start having this like intentional conversation about like, Hey, I want to practice loving confrontation with you, right? Like I want to be able to confront someone and be loving instead of aggressive, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, it's so beautiful and profound and we're not having it, you know, it's like, we're all so much more stimulated by the Kardashians than, you know, these like really hearty soul searching, like mind changing conversations. And I find women that are empowered around them 
um, and get them on to just talk about like, Hey, what have you discovered? You know, what are, what can more women be talking about? What can more women be doing and practicing and hearing other people talk about? And, um, it's really kind of actionable. Like, Hey, what's your story? Hey, like, what's the impact? Hey, like, what can we be practicing? Like, it's not just like, hi, I'm such a guru and I've like done all these things and you can't be as enlightened as me. It's like, Hey, you can too. Like you super can. It's like, pick up a book, turn on a podcast. You're doing it. <laughs> exactly. Like there's so many tools out there that mm. we don't realize. And I like how you said, like, you know, we're always like kind of like searching for that, like guru or like, you know, we're mm. trying to find the enlightenment in ourselves, but really we can't do it on our own. Like we have right. like, we have like this, well, we have to overcome something on our own. Like, you know, whatever that obstacle may be like herpes in that case. But at the same time, like, you know, you have to find like the power within in order to like give to others and totally. And that's my absolute favorite thing about coaching, or at least in the way that I was trained as a coach, I'm not like another consultant. I'm not another guru. I'm not another advisor. It's like, I don't actually want to tell you to do anything. All I'm going to ask you is what you think you should do. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it's really like, Hey, not about shoulds. Right. And that's also kind of like a dirty coaching Mary, but Mm -hmm. it's like, what's your truth? You know, like, how do I get you to live from your life of what you want and how do you want to create it? And what do you want to do? Right. I just, I just get to be the accountability. Um, and you know, ultimately like, stimulate this like awareness and so that you can be introspective. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, we don't, we don't need another inspirational talker or a guru or a, like, we're so wise. We just never stop to like ask ourselves, like we're so quick to ask everyone else. It's like, Hey, I just get to ask you and you know, everybody knows, everyone knows what they want to be doing. They're just like not actually doing it. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> and you know, and it's, it's like, we know how to be our highest and best selves. We just need the support to get there. And sometimes maybe it's just a coach, but mostly there's probably lots of communities that would love to support you and not have you reinvent the wheel. And, you know, <laughs> we all like, there's so many people that are just like, we, we just want to belong. And as you can find a place to belong into, it's like, it'll change so many areas of your life. Oh, totally. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we're all trying to just like find, you know, that connection ultimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's been another really beautiful gift. And I, you know, maybe I'll have an episode on a podcast, but it's like, I was one of those girls and maybe there's more, maybe there's not that be- believe the most deep connection that we could have is through sex. That's it. I thought that for a while because I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, like, if you have sex, then are you in love? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. I literally thought that was a connection, like, for a while. But that's only one part or it right. doesn't even have to be a part of it, which is like, the which blew my mind <laughs> once I, like, realized that, too. And imagine, you know, how many people that haven't had that conversation, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like, how many women feel like they've had sex or they only need to have sex and that's how they can feel seen or connected or loved and adorned and what, you know, like, wow. And that was me for the longest time. And then, you know, you get that thing stripped away from you and you're not really able to so freely have sex. So you're like, how do I feel worth again? (laughs) How do I feel loved if I can't just sleep around? Got it. Okay. That's hard. Gotta find that. 
I'm going to find that one. (laughs) Yeah, it's just so... There's so many different ways to connect with people. Have you ever seen Sex Education on Netflix? Not yet, no. And oh my I gosh, need please to. watch that. <laughs> You'll, it's, you could have a whole podcast just on that. It's so good. <laughs> That's awesome. I recently just finished uh, Future Man. I don't uh, know if you've seen it, but it's so great. Like, I actually did, like, a previous episode um, about it and just how, like, humor heals and, like, just, like, being mm-hmm. able to have, like, this self-acceptance, but seeing, like, you know, everyone accepting it is just being like, oh, like, herpes. Here it is, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing, so. Man, that makes me think of who I was before herpes. I used humor as a deflection. Mm-hmm. And I was always the, like, loudest, brightest, most extroverted person just so you didn't have to, like, look at me. Like, so I didn't have to look at myself and you also were like, wow, yeah, whoo, okay, she's great. But it's it's crazy, right? Like, it's – now I'm, like, wow, I'm ambivert where I'm, like, I can external – I can be, like, you know, I can do that for a little bit. And then I'm, like, I like actually being by myself too. That's, like, kind of cool. I like that's not bad. I like myself now, so it's great. Um, <laughs> Life lock <but>, achieved. <laughs> yeah, right? So it's like, you know, what are the ways that I avoided getting to know myself? Because I had all this, these, it's like herpes was the catalyst to like feeling, you know, before I just like ate all my feelings and didn't want to feel them all. And then I, I like was like, oh, I don't love myself. Here, let me find somebody to love me for me. Can you just do that, please? Can you like, can you thanks? Thanks. Um, and, you know, and then you're like, whoa, you have nowhere else to go. Listen to your thoughts and be by yourself. Got it. Isolation can be good. Um, so, yeah. So I think that that's like I'm, I'm eternally grateful for coaching. I'm so profoundly moved by the opportunity to be able to be a coach to, you know, support people in the ways that they haven't experienced or been supported and to just like normalize this thing that's like terrifying and earth shattering and devastating at first, but to like move through it, you know, um, I host my own support group here. I actually live in Portland and it's cool to hear so many people that have had it for five, 10, 15, 19, 30 years. And that just like, Oh, like didn't even ever talk about it or just like let it go or whatever. But it's like, man, have you done the emotional work? Mm-hmm. Cause those things are like stored in your hip flexors or they're like stored in your gut system, right? Like the emotional stuff of just like bottling that. Um, it's just airing it out. feels so good. Mm-hmm. Even just to talk about it for a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And just having just that release and like getting like out of your head, like I firmly Mm -hmm. believe like in speaking into existence. So like that's a part of like a help of like self-acceptance of like what has been um, happening and what I've been going through. And it's just, yeah, just trying to really like project um, feelings out there. And, you know, of course, knowing that we're not alone, too. And like that's one thing I really thought I was alone because I've been like and that's so great that you host uh your own support group in that sense because I'm trying to think of how I even got into my support group I think it's like one of the secret groups and like I'm from Vermont so like there's like no one really here who's like established that yet and I was just like oh my god like I truly am alone and like don't have anybody and then once I found um the secret group and then like saw there was like two other people like we decided to form like our own like Burlington group to like get it out there kind of thing so like just kind of being like okay like you know what we have like we don't want to 
obviously, well, we didn't want to publicly, like, say kind of thing, but made it, like, in a discreet way, being like, hey, like, Mm -hmm. if you have, like, need the support, like, definitely, like, reach out to these certain people, so. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thanks for doing what you're doing, too. It's, it's, it is. There's that challenge of, like, hey, I want to put billboards everywhere, but I also want to respect the people that show up, right? So it's, like, (laughs) how do you publicly get people to know more and have that resource but also respect all those that aren't so public? And it's a challenge. I haven't really figured that out just yet. Um, So that's been super interesting. But it's, you know, it's, like, man, when you do the personal work and you do the internal work and get really familiar with yourself, dating becomes such a breeze. Like if you know Mm -hmm. your value and you know that you're worth more than this diagnosis, then you can totally be like, oh, I'm sorry. You're not okay with this diagnosis. That's cool. Have a great life. It's been a great time. Like God bless you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And you can also notice where you're just like settling for the first person that comes around because they said yes. And you're like, wow, this still doesn't feel good. this relationship right Mm -hmm. you say no for the first time and it's like well somebody else comes around it's like yeah they actually do it does it's really cool so um I just like it's just been a really fun really fun gift and a really great thing to navigate and um it's like everyone's worried about their dating life I'm like your dating life doesn't change actually like once you get pretty confident in who you are and that this thing isn't a big deal you're like nothing's different <laughs> right like I feel like I'm more confident because I have it oh, yeah like and it's just I never like when I you know told like my first like disclosure to a guy mm-hmm. like and he accepted and I was just like whoa like you know you're okay like I don't have to give like the whole like lowdown of like what it is kind of thing so yeah it was just very uh yeah, like, just empowering, like, in that mm-hmm. sense, to be like, yeah, like, you know, I can still date, and, like, I'm gonna find, you know, like, my partner that will accept me for this. Um, I I love that. I think um, the best advice that I could give someone who's in the dating world and who has herpes, and, um, you know, I, like, always viewed it as, like, yeah, I'm still in Bumble, I'm still doing all these dating, like, pa- platforms, but it's, like, act as though you're going to write a good book. Like if you have someone that rejects you and is just like, I'm going to get going. That's hilarious. Cool. Throw that in your book. Right. Like (laughs) if you have someone that like discreetly is like, Whoa, and finishes a whole bottle of wine, like, cool. Add that to your book. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, I've been on so many dates and I've had every range of rejection and every range of like acceptance that I'm just like, I could write a killer book versus like adding the significance of like, uh, that person said no. And like, you know, like notice that it's scarcity. Like when someone says no or rejects you, like the, the fear isn't about being rejected. It's about like, the scarcity of like, nobody else will like nobody else is out there. You're never going to get another chance. Like you're never going to, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be And our mind makes so much significance around these things because our mind wants to keep us safe and risk averse. And like, it doesn't want us to feel these awful feelings. Right. So it's a job. Thanks mind. That's great of you. I don't need it, but like, okay, cool. Right. Um, because man, if I just stopped at the first ugly rejection, like, I would be a sad, sad, lonely person, you know, 
And um, just like, don't fit into a box. I think that that's like another really big thing is like, you just because you have this doesn't mean that you have to like conform to the norms of everybody else and get married tomorrow so that you make your probability that you'll actually, you know, amount to something, right? I don't even know. <laughs> like, it's like you're to draw outside the lines. Like herpes is your free, get out of jail free pass. Like do whatever you want, <laughs> you know, like create your life the way you want it. Do it. Exactly. Do it. Cause we all only have this one life and like might as well, you know, do what you want to do and, you know, mm-hmm. keep pursuing it. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the thing that keeps me motivated as a coach is that I just feel like I'm always inspired by the people I get to work with. Like a lot of the people I meet are because of the conversations I have, like because of who I stand up in a crowded room and share myself as and who I challenge and the way that I can show up to, for people and be like, Hey, cut the BS. Like I'm standing for your greatness. Listen, you know, like I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take any of that. And I'm always continually working on myself you know, like having my own coach and working on me and how I want to evolve and grow and, you know, seeing each other, seeing other people for their greatness. I don't think we do that enough. I don't think we relate to each other as just these like kick-ass people. We just like see someone that's like, oh, I have ADHD. And we're like, oh yeah, that much sucks. And then we relate to these people as their diagnosis, right? Like Mm -hmm. F these diagnosis, like don't relate to people as their label, as their diagnosis, as like, we're all just human beings. Like we're all just like souls trying to get through this life experience. And we forget that. Um, and it's just like, man, if we could all just relate to each other like that, it would just make so much more possible and, you know, don't limit each other. I think that that's another really great thing is that oftentimes our friends always come to us and complain and it's like, we're trying to fix them, right? We give us our, we give them our only like three fixable ideas or solutions, but it's Mm -hmm. like, no, nobody needs fixing. Nobody is broken. Nobody needs your solutions. Like ask them what they want. You know, how do we just ask each other like what they want instead of be their like advisor, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just not to relate each other as broken. We're all pretty great. We just forget. So can you just like remind each other? I had a friend who I recently like ended ties with because couldn't stand like how she always put it as like a therapy session. Listen to like what I have to say. Just trying to have someone to like simply listen to me. Be someone who can listen and respect and also know what they want to do kind of thing. I know there's and there's such we should ask permission for like, hey, who do you want me to be right now? Like, you know, like, hey, do you want me to be a therapist right now? Do you want me to be a friend right now? Do you want me to be, right? Like, or like, hey, I really want you to just listen. Can you just listen for me? Like, is that okay? Like, right? Like, it's so, it's such a thing that nobody thinks about. But when you actually give people permission and you ask for permission, it gives access to so much more. Oh, totally. And like, that's how, that's how you connect with people. Because, mm-hmm. like, we, I, when, it's funny, because, like, when I was ending ties with her, I was just, like, connecting and relating are not the same thing. Like, they're different, and you have to figure out, like, who that is, literally person by person, or even moment by moment with right. certain people. Those are some gems. You've heard all this wisdom here. We're just, like, wisdom bombing you. <laughs> Seriously, you I'm just like, what do we even name this episode now? Because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, empower yourself and others. And I'm like, whoa, like we're talking way more than that. I love it. <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, I don't know. 
Herpin and Derpin. Herpin and Yeah, Herpin and Derpin over here. We're starting to Derpin. Your Heart Empowered Woman podcast. Absolutely. When I lived in this like women's soul recovery program, it was really great because it was a lot of women from all walks of the earth, all parts of the United States, and all different kind of backgrounds. You know, some women diagnosed with mental health conditions, um, some women with disordered eating, some women with severe trauma, um, people dealing with addictions. And, you know, Monday through Thursday night, we would really just like intentionally sit down for two to three hours a night and just have these profound conversations. Like what are boundaries? What is loving confrontation? You know, I like, what does it look like to ask for permission? It's like a lot of people don't have these conversations and with all these women, with all these things that they're trying to like work through and not identify as and heal or recover from, right? You kind of get to notice that it doesn't matter what some silly doctor diagnosed you with, or it doesn't matter what you've been through or struggling with. These things will significantly impact our life moving forward if we implement them. I was like, man, how is this a house of 12 women that we live with together. And there's only 12 women having these conversations on a daily basis. Like we need to have millions, 12 millions of people having these conversations and listening to this type of stuff. And so, you know, one week at a time I was inviting all my roommates, Hey, this really cool like conversation that you had that really resonated with what you're struggling with or whatever. Let's have a conversation on a podcast. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. And then, as it evolved, I kind of realized, like, how do we take it out into the world, right? Like, how do I meet people off the streets and be like, what are you up to? I think one of the most moving and very early on podcast episodes I had was a woman who found out she was infertile. And, like, her life dream was that she wanted to have and be a mother. And hmm. what do you do with that, right? Like, people don't have those conversations. People that can't get pregnant aren't usually public about it. Or if they are, it's about their one or two close friends, right? And there's so much shame and stigma and there's so much heartbreak. And she was so empowered by it, you know, and I brought her on and I was like, can we please like have this hard conversation? I found more women that were like having hard times or, you know, going through some things that I'm like, wow, there's so many more people in the world that are too. Like, how do we give you a voice? Like, how do I give you a platform? I think that there's so many of us that have been through so much that want to write a book. And how do we get out in the world and see that other people are writing a book? You know, like, Mm -hmm. where do we get started? How do we? So I just saw people that were doing really great things that I'm like, man, I bet you're not alone. I bet that that was terrifying to get out there and do. And how do I get you on here? So people who are also maybe terrified to go do and be it. A woman that struggled with depression for 17 years that didn't take pharmaceutical drugs to get out of it, but found her way out of it and lives an empowered life, even, you know, without having all the riches and all the, you know, whatever. So it's like, we, as a society, like aren't highlighting these everyday women doing profound work that are in a place where people can relate to them, right? Like everybody wants to be Oprah Winfrey, but nobody has any idea how she got there. And she's so far removed that it just seems so unattainable. So like, what if we just had everyday people that are like five steps ahead that it's like, oh, I can, I can get there. I can, I can do that. Right. Like 
that, that's what we need. Like, that's what we need to be talking about. Um, and that's the stuff that will help us realize like, Oh, I can overcome anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not alone. Absolutely. And I completely agree that like, you know, we always have like, we have like these like influencers or like the idea of like what, you know, we want our life to see. And like, you know, we always need to seek these story motivations that will help us get into that next life or being like, oh, yeah, Oprah, you said I'm going to go to where you are. We can do it on our own, but also knowing that like we need others to also help us get there too. And knowing that we all have like a story to share. It's just a matter of how we can get ourselves out there and how we can support each other. It's so good because sometimes I realize once you get into the like, get into what you're so passionate about for so long, you like start to change your vocabulary to like, you know, the conversations that you're always having. And then I interview some people that are just starting off and I was like, oh yeah, like, man, I speak in such coach terms and not like plain English anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's so good to hear it in plain English, you know, it's so that you can actually be like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Words are so fo- powerful. I remember being so in love with quotes and remembering and posting all over Facebook and Instagram of like, man, I like wish that I could speak so eloquently and so inspirationally. And that writing has always been my weakness. Like I'm so insecure about like run on sentences and grammatical errors. And, you know, and I post these super long, like, stream of consciousness posts on Facebook because that's like, I just, I'm not performing. I like get out of my head and into my heart and I just write these long things. And I remember just being like, so many people were like, whoa, nobody reads those or like, Hey, why are you doing that? <laughs> and I'm like, eh, you know what? I'm going to be me. That's fine. Cause all there's only one me and I just gotta be me. <laughs> right. Know? Exactly. And you just have, when you have to say it or like feel it, like in that yeah. moment, let it out. Yeah. No matter what medium it is. So that's, and that's, and that's my mission, you know, and it's cool because I, for a while was like, how do I find people and who will I, you know, research next or, and then you just like get to know people. Like you put down the cell phone and stop walking around with your nose and your phone and you just like ask people how their day is and about themselves. And it's like, you can meet people on the bus that have been through so much and are doing such great things. It's like, whoa, there is no shortage. We just don't ask or don't inquire and when you do it's like whoa what what a pleasant surprise you oh know? totally like, oh I remember being very open and honest in San Diego when I lived there almost eight years and being very public about having herpes and it was like very few people at the end of meetings or networking events would be like oh yeah me too or oh hey nice to like meet you thanks for what you're doing I like moved to Portland and it was like I went to three different meetings with over 300 people or 330 people in it. And each one, five people at the end, separately in their own little like corners were just like, Hey, me too. Or like, wow, I wish I could, whatever. Or like, Hey, thanks for what you're doing. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Thank you. You know, you almost want to give up. And then you're like, the universe reminds you like, no, no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there are people, I don't need to make profound differences in a thousand people's lives. Like just one little tiny conversation is so beautiful. You know, someone listening to this episode that, you know, is really feeling empowered. Like I'm feeling more empowered to what's the best advice you could give to someone. My best advice is it's not about the herpes. Like that's just a byproduct. 
I would have never known that my perf- I was a perfectionist. I know that I had problems with like needing to be like OCD and like ultimately perfect. I wouldn't have known that they were from a young age. I wouldn't have known that I have a choice to stop being so obsessively perfect. I wouldn't have realized that herpes, it wasn't about herpes. It was like, oh my gosh, this is the thing I was making significant. And this was the thing that like I quote unquote deemed like was hard proof that I was imperfect. And none of this stuff is real. Like, it's like, what is perfection? What is perfect? Operating from the paradigm that love is earned. Like if I would have continued to be like, I'm never going to find another relationship because I no longer have sex as my way to earn love. Like, ouch. Like, you know, so it's like, what is our, what is the stories that we tell ourselves? You know, like I have it that herpes just shines the light on them because they're not real anymore. Like they're, they never were. So you get the opportunity to like change them. Herpes gets to be this wake up call and this catalyst if you choose it. Right. Or you're just going to continue to live in whatever you chose to like continue to suffer in, you know, or whatever. I I don't want to be so dismal. Right. Like, but we're all struggling with something and, you know, we add so much significance. Um, and it could be a minor inconvenience and we call it struggling. It could be struggling, but we call it suffering. You know, we could be suffering and we call it, I'm dying from, you know, like, um, so it's, it's really, it's really a gift. It's really an opportunity to get to know yourself on a completely different and more intimate, deeper level. It's an opportunity to, you know, turn your life from being a victim of circumstance to actually the creator of how you want your future to go and, um, use it, use it as the gift and the catalyst. Um, please don't do it alone. Um, therapists are incredible. I've had a couple of them. Coaches are empowering. Please do your homework and find one that resonates with you. Inspirational books. I mean, I've been through dozens and they last as long as the page return pages are turning, you know, um, and you know, seminars too. It's like whatever resonates for you, like try a million, try a million things, try a million and one things. And there's no, like you belong, right? Like it's like, there's no shortage of communities and no matter how weird you think you are or how specific you think your community needs are like they're out there. Um, and if you can't find, you know, your flavor of weird, like create it, you know, like get out there and create meetup groups. Um, gosh, there's so many events that you can have on Facebook and you'd be surprised, you know, like you would be surprised, I think. And I don't mean to label, I hate labels, but I don't like, I'm, if I'm standing in your shoes and you're calling yourself weird because you like to be a furry or whatever, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and you're in Vermont, like there's probably three other furries in Vermont. You can do it. Like find them. Um, and you know, it's not weird to you own it. Who cares what anybody calls it? I think that that's huge. And I think that, you know, it's beautiful. Like I'm in Portland looking for empowered women entrepreneurs that have herpes. Like, Oh wait, it doesn't exist. Like, okay, cool. I created a support group and maybe I'll find them. Awesome. Right. Like I'm doing my effort instead of sitting around and be like, but they don't exist. 
so all of those things in, in combination and, you know, one piece at a time and start where you feel comfortable and know that we're always this work in progress. And, you know, if those are your goals and you're taking on little baby actions every day, every week, every month, like imagine what's possible. I love that. Oh, that's so beautifully said. You know, greatly appreciate your advice, your wisdom and every, you know, bringing everything that you've like been through and your realizations and really um, bringing that out into the world, like especially, you know, empowering women like your community and, you know, even to who you interact with. Like it's truly like amazing, like the work that you're doing um, out in Portland and like, you know, just knowing, you know, we're not alone in this. Like we we are truly a community of and even uh, a network of people to really inspire others to, you know, not only just like break the stigma, but just being, you know, permission to be you again and that mm-hmm. like you know you're re in a way like we're redefining ourselves to love ourselves that much more after mm-hmm. what we've been through so mm-hmm. I appreciate that absolutely absolutely and thanks for your doing too I mean it's like we needed to look every different type of way so that it can reach every different type of person and it's like this is building such a massive worldwide community because there's so many people affected and we all link together. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> herpes or like total like peril- paralysis of like, wait, was that first time it and I was so in denial? Like, did I just give it to him? Wait, did he just give it to me? Like, you know, you have that like, oh, how do I did I just ruin his life? Wait, did he just ruin mine? And, um, you know, I just was devastated. Um, I was in a career, I was in a management 